Good evening, Patriots, and it's Friday, April 22nd in the year 2022. Lots going on. I just finished a video, which is really good. It's a good channel. Um, I'm going to share it. You should check it out. It's called Appalachia's Homestead with Patara. Appalachia's Homestead with Patara. And it's a really good YouTube channel. She's very practical, has strong faith, and she's talking some really good common sense stuff about what's coming and the sorts of things that people need to do to prepare. So before we begin, one of those things is very important is your health. And with your health is also your immune system. So take a listen. We are surrounded by the stresses and the environmental issues that are challenging our immune systems. And keeping our immune systems strong is essential to maintaining a strong position in this fight. Expedition Coffee was designed specifically to not only give you that energy boost you need that will sustain you across the entire day, while boosting your immune system and help maintain a mental focus throughout the day. You can find Expedition Coffee, X-P-E-D, Expedition Coffee at expeditioncoffee.com. And there you'll also find a full range of products that are designed to work as a full health ecosystem, all designed to reclaim your personal health sovereignty. Those products include the Gut Health Triad, which helps heal and seal your gut. Leaky gut is one of the critical causes of sickness in our nation. You also have Immune XP, which is an immune booster based on pine cone extract with high levels of vitamin C. Earth, which is a nutrient powder, giving your body a full complement of nutrients you need. Just mix it with water, drink it like a shake. Do that once a day. And Pure 47, one of the most refined silver extracts on the market that can isolate most of the pathogens that you'll encounter. The products on ExpeditionCoffee.com are all designed to give you back the strength in your immune system to not only endure the challenges to the immune system, but to dominate and to rise above to reclaim your true health sovereignty. So check out Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. So tonight I'm just going to talk a little bit about what I'm seeing is the coming storm. And this is not in any way intended to be some sort of fear or anxiety issue, but I think it's a very important time that we talk and continue to keep this dialogue going on the importance of what's coming. I've mentioned a couple times this week something that I've named Operation Sowing Seeds. And I'm gonna build this out more and more over the coming weeks. But it's an initiative that I'm, I hope that people will embrace and the importance of what this represents. Operation Sowing Seeds is literally both metaphorical and physical. And when I say that, there is both the physical aspect of sowing seeds and preparing and filling your virtual silos and the other part of sowing seeds spiritually with our neighborhoods. We are in a colliding issues, a colliding a time of colliding issues. And there's many coming. So I'm just going to kind of paint the picture a little bit so we kind of get a snapshot of what we're facing. With the war in Ukraine, we're seeing the dismantling of one of the critical money laundering hubs in the world. And with that, the dollar has started to unravel, which is by design. The ruble has been pivoted over to a gold standard. So it's currently about 5,000 ruble to one gram of gold. 
And from there, that has allowed Russia to take a shot at the petrodollar, which is, the, if you don't understand the petrodollar, it's very simply, the dollar has a, is a Federal Reserve note, and it has no physical metal backing. The only thing that keeps the dollar strong is the fact that it's the world's reserve currency, means all transactions in the world have to be used, have to use the dollar on a global scale. And pivotal to that, since all economies are tied to petrochemicals, in particular oil, all transactions and purchases of oil and, and fossil fuel products have to occur in dollars on a global scale. So that's allowed us as a nation to live with a government that has been a pariah on us, but has managed to have the ability to spend unlimitedly, to build as much debt as it wants, and every time it builds debt, it keeps passing that debt off through bonds and other purchases to allow other nations to bear the burden of our overexpenditures. That's allowed us to build an enormously large and overinflated military. It's allowed them to portray and push programs like social justice and all this social socialist stuff, make promises of UBIs, et cetera, et cetera. At the same time, as we've had this with the pit with the shift away from the dollar, the dollar has begun begun a slide. And it has as it has begun a slide, it means our international buying capacity has been diminished. We can't buy as much on the world market as we used to. So in my assessment, some of what you're witnessing in the shortages of fuel is in part because foreign-wise, we're not able to buy the fuel as we used to because we don't have the money. And I have a suspicion, though I'm not certain of it, that much of our natural resources domestically are now foreign-owned, in particular by China which leaves us with a shrinking amount of resources for our nation. Agriculture is one of those areas that everybody needs, every nation needs. And as a country, we have about 25% of the reserves in agriculture of what we need as a country. China has 150% of reserves of what it needs as a nation. And that comes from experience because China has learned over many centuries that when they fall into a point of of starvation and famine, which they have many cycles of that. There's a great book on that by Carl Wittfogel, Dynastic Declines and Hydraulic Cycles, which was written in the 1930s. This concept of what China is facing, now they're preparing for the shortage that's coming. They see it. And part of the shortage is a result of rupturing the dollar as everything has to pivot now to new currencies and new evaluations as the world shifts to what they will loosely call a basket of currencies, which originally was called an SDR, and now is at a point where this basket of currencies will be multiple currencies trading equally across the globe. So the dollar, the yuan, the ruble. Today, the Japanese yen went into a free fall, and there was the Fed did not agree that it would not backstop it. So that's already some indications that the Financial systems are very uh, fragile right now on a global scale. At the same time, we have a government that has been, as it pulls back on its subsidies, because it doesn't have the money, it's been punishing farmers, not allowing them to operate in a free market 
space because farmers have been contracted with the government on various levels through contract law that's based on the bar maritime law and the law system which they're using to control us. These are very, very critical principles, and there's so much out here that's going on right now that ultimately in our domestic life pivots a lot on contracts, which I'll get into more in the coming weeks. But for now, just accept the fact that we're being we're being played through contracts, not through the Constitution. And that was in part of what Mark uh, Baker spoke about last night. So if you didn't hear that show, really encourage you to go back and listen to that last night's Bards FM. Okay. So we've had a COVID crisis, which has was by design to put that in place so they could rupture small businesses, which they've ruptured millions of them. We have an economy that's shrinking. We have people that are still walking around with their life wrapped around fear. They can't think straight. They're making a big deal out of this Ukraine thing because the Nazis that run this country are the same Nazis that are in Ukraine. And they're keeping everybody's attention there while the food supply is, sh- is starting to shrink, uh, shrink pretty substantially. When you take away food from a nation and you take, you, people can actually live fairly well without a lot of petrol, without being able to drive around, though petrol is a big in- impedance. But when you take away food, you cut right to the core of what, what a nation can do and you'll break people in weeks. We are about nine meals from famine in this nation. That's a very real statement. Nine meals to starvation, nine meals to famine. It's not, it's actually, there's a couple books out there on the same thing. Most people don't have much in their pantry beyond three days. And so once they hit that critical place and you take the number of people that have been dependent on the government subsidies, and there's many, And even some of those subsidies come in the form of welfare in terms of medicine, so that Medicaid, welfare, unemployment, all these things are starting to rapidly dry up. And they're not letting people know this yet. They're they're playing the games of distraction, but they're effectively running out of, they're out of money, let's put it this way. Not effectively, they are. And with the dollar declining, this is only going to accelerate as we go forward. The Israeli bank just announced that it's going to start keeping not just dollars, but it'll also start keeping yuan. That should be a major alert for everybody because that means the pivot has begun. So all this comes down to a very simple fact that every one of us is going to be facing a crisis. And that was a very top level survey of where we are. Okay. And I can go into more depth than that. And I will over the coming weeks, but for tonight, that's a very top level survey. Everybody has to face the fact that our lives as we knew them are going to radically change. For how long, I can't answer. In the short term, I see no way through this without a lot of pain or a lot of at least reshaping of the way we look at the world. That means that every single person right now has to be growing food, but you also need to be stocking up on food. And what you stock up on is your own choice. But I will say this, my preference for basics in stocking up is always rice and beans because I, it goes well, it, it stays well, it gives you protein and, and a, some base nutrients that you need and you can literally live a long time off of rice and beans without a huge amount of investment. Though I will tell you, even recently, 
because I, at another location, I was stocking up for another location, and I picked up a thousand pounds of beans the other day. That price was up twenty percent from the last two months. So it's going up pretty rapidly, and they could not get any wheat for me at this point in time. Wheat in my local area where I usually buy bulk is no longer currently available. And I'm in a pretty good place with, there's pretty much abundance for what we need. So I'm going to just walk through some things that I think everybody needs to be very focused on and very cognizant of. And it's essential that what we're looking at, and by the way, yes, it's a lot of stock on beans, but I'm prepping to help others, just so we're clear about this. My preps aren't just for me. I'm prepping to make sure that there's, in these other locations, that there's food for other people, because I'm anticipating some major shortages, and I'm watching how people are living, and I can see what's coming, and I know, I can point out my neighbors, the ones that I know are not doing anything. And I can't, it's not going to make any sense to them until they can't get a meal. And what you need is to make sure that you have seeds for them. And we'll get into that in a minute. And we need to have basic food supplies to help others, because this is going to require us to work as a community, not as individuals. I'm very much against the model of digging in and getting ready for the storm. And for some, that means many are interpreting this as revelation. I'm hearing more and more of this talk about revelation, where we are in revelation. So this is just going to be my little, I'm not going to dig into revelation tonight, but I just want to footnote this just for you to think about. And I say this respectfully, but if you're one that is in that place of bunkering up, kind of waiting for the end of times, the return of Jesus, I just have a simple question for you to consider that if God wanted you to bunker up, then what's our use? Because if our whole intention was just to accept Christ and then bunker up, I really don't know why God needs us. We have a very important mission here in this world and we have to continue forward with it. And that means we have to also prepare for that time as Joseph did. So the first thing you need to do is look at your family and what you need for your family. And that includes a number of things, which is food, obviously. You need to make sure you have this, the basics to carry you through. Spend some time, if you haven't prepped before, reading how to prep, reading what, like, reading what types of things prep best, how, they, how to keep them the best. Mylar bags, buckets are the best. Mylar bags put into buckets with oxygen packets are one of the best ways to keep things. Do a little reading on that. And get to know how to prepare food. You can't prepare enough food for a duration unknown. I've been reading things like somebody recommended the other day prepping for seven years. And I'm like, dude, I'm not prepping for seven years. That's a little bit insane. Because that's, that's kind of outside of the whole concept of this. Do you think people have to get very real about the fact that this is not going to go away in a year? Okay. Just the decline cycles, as I played that piece earlier tonight, and I'll see if I can bring it up here. Just the decline cycles of what we're currently looking at um, 
are going to be over a period of time. It's not just going to be months. It's literally going to be years. I'll play this piece for you right here. And this is um, a real good perspective on the duration, just as just the duration of decline in ag- agriculture. So take a listen to this. It's pretty interesting. How are we going to bridge the gap in calories? Where's the food going to come from? And how are we going to feed nations that are almost entirely dependent on imports that are running out of food or out of food? So I've mentioned this in the past, the whole world runs on a 90-day food supply, which means roughly 25% of the world's calories are in storage right now. But that's not the case uniformly. So some countries like Tunisia and Somalia, Ethiopia, have close to zero calories in storage. Some countries like the United States are roughly 30-40% of our annual consumed calories are sitting in storage. China is a complete outlier. For years, China has been stockpiling food. And at this point, China has 150% of their annual consumption of food in storage. So they have supplies that if all food production and imports stopped in China, they would be able to feed their population for one and a half years. That's an incredible supply of food. So as you look around the world to places like Sri Lanka and places like Somalia that are struggling to figure out how are we going to bridge this gap on calories that's about to hit us. Egypt's about four months of food, by the way. And Egypt is dwindling. They cannot get the food out of the Black Sea. So China is going to be one of the very few potential solutions for bridging the calorie gap over the next year. And I have a strong prediction and a strong belief that because of that, China will use it to maximal leverage. And we will see over the next year an incredible amount of leverage and power being accumulated by China because of transactions that they're going to start to enter into to bridge the calorie gap around the world. All right, so I think that's a pretty good perspective on kind of where we're sitting. He talks about next year, and that's a real critical window. We have some time, and it's not like we're at the end of days. (laughs) Well, maybe. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know God's plan. Sorry, this stuff does crack me up a little bit because there's only one thing you can do is laugh. I'm going to start with that right there, okay? This is very overwhelming for some folks. I've been doing this a very long time. I know people that have been doing it longer than me. I've learned over my life to live with near nothing. And I've learned in my life that God has provided most everything I need. So I've also learned that the one thing that you have to have is you have to have a sense of humor. So if you can't laugh a little bit at the insanity of what's going on, you're going to get yourself worked up into a tizzy and you're going to burn yourself an ulcer. And I don't know what else you'll do, but it won't be good. So, this is the first thing right there. It's just to kind of put your put a lot of prayer into God and to guide you. But there are, I am not one and I will never be one just to sit on my tail and pray and wait for God to provide. I'm always going to take the action to say, okay, I'll listen to God and I will do the, my part of that game. I always believe in that. And I've read way too much over the last weeks of people to say, well, I'm just going to pray and let's see what God brings. It's like, okay, whatever. We have an obligation like Joseph to, to start preparing in some basic stuff here, and that's common sense. And it isn't to go frenzy and crazy, but it is definitely to be good stewards. That's the principle of this. So first of all, like I said, don't get yourself worked up in a tizzy. Take some time. Breathe. <laughs> Someone just wrote no tizzy zone. That's awesome. Perfect. Yeah, this is a no tizzy zone. Very nice. So the... Uh, 
Don't get yourself worked up. Take a big breath and take a pause. And the first thing you need to do is to make a list of kind of how your life works. So what are the priorities? You have to look at food. You're going to have to look at some of your bills. You're going to have to look at your security and you're going to have to look at mobility and transportation. Those are a few and communication. Okay. And you need to develop a bit of a plan and you need to have a plan so that you can understand how these things are going to come together. Each person's going to have different plans. Okay. I can tell you part of my communication plan. I have a sat phone, which I've paid in advance for a year and ham radios. So that's kind of my communication plan. I have no trust in this cell phone, though it might be there, and I don't have a lot of trust in the Internet, though I will use both of them until they go out. So, and if there is Internet and if there's free Internet, then I'm going to jump on it, but it's always the same thing. It's just going to depend on there's so much hacking and other stuff that goes on there. So anyway, that's kind of that part. When it comes to money, I would definitely look at what you have available. I would move. If it was me, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a doctor and I don't wear a white coat. So always put those things up front. So nobody has a flip. Um, I would put money into silver, not gold. I think silver is the easiest transaction to be. And I would have some cash in hand as well, because cash will still be used because it's common tender. And I would take what I would partition that group of money with other money that I would use to be buying preps because food and seeds are, and fuel are going to be critical commodities and they're going to become equal to money. Ammo. If you have a gun, I would, I would have a few hundred rounds, maybe up to a thousand rounds enough for you to practice zero, maintain your competency and to be able to hunt and use for, Defense. For basic defense, just so I say it, probably for home defense, it would be something like a pistol and a shotgun. And for anything else like hunting, I'd probably have a rifle. 308 is a great round, good universal round, very common round, and you can use 7.62 as well in it. So it's just kind of some common things. 22 is another great round for small game hunting. But I would also, in terms of that, so that kind of takes care of your loosely kind of your gun thing. But I would look, and when I start getting into food, it starts to bridge into that space because I would look at what I can grow, what I can store, and what I can acquire. Three critical areas. So, what can I grow? And that depends on your garden space. It depends if you have, I have a very well-developed backyard that's getting better each day, and we're growing as much as we possibly can, including four or five fruit trees. About every space out there right now is taken and looking at doing some more additions as we can with growing in bags. So augmenting the beds and doing as much as we can. So we're trying to build out that backspace as much as we possibly can, which means that this year we'll probably be in – about less than a quarter of an acre will be able to provide all of our fresh fruits and vegetables that we consume will come out of our backyard. So there's still the gap of grains and proteins and meat, though I'm experimenting this year with peanuts because it's a protein that you can grow and a very rapidly developing protein that doesn't require years for a tree and it doesn't, it can supplement in case you don't have meat. 
So that's one thing to consider. I'm also looking at what type of crops work best. And, and that's for my area. What I know that leeks and onions and cabbage type, like kale, cabbages as well, grow very well over the winter. So does Swiss chard. Carrots overwinter well. And there's going to need to be, we will have a greenhouse space set up so that we can also continue to grow other things through the entire winter, like fresh tomatoes and things like that. All of these come down to what are nutrient rich and what is going to give you the most nutrients that your body needs to keep your immune system strong and your body strong. One crop I've talked about a great deal that you should grow, in my opinion, everybody should grow, is parsley. Read on parsley. I think you'll be pretty impressed. It's super high in nutrients. And it's a great additive to about anything, and you can really do a lot with that. When I get through with that model and I look at that, I say, okay, what are my gaps? So I know that grains and, and protein is going to be my gap. So beans and rice will be my staple because I can use that for a lot of things. I also have wheat set aside that I can hand mill, not electric mill. I have a hand mill that I would go through and I would have that prepared and, and everything set up so that you can, and I would start seeing right now, like I would start getting used to grinding, which I do grind your own flour through your wheat. If you're going to mix up wheat, like I grind brown rice with my wheat so that I get a mix. It creates a little lighter flour. It's also an extender and it adds some other nutrient mixes in there. So it's a kind of a layering of proteins. So that kind of gives you a mix of things you can do. Get used to making your own bread. If you don't know how to make sourdough bread, I'd highly recommend it because sourdough is a natural yeast. You can start a sourdough just by taking a wheat, fresh ground, whole wheat flour, mix it with some water, make what we call a sponge, just knead it out a little bit so it just becomes a water and flour type dough. Set it on your counter. Reknead it about every eight hours. Keep it covered with a wet cloth about every eight hours. Do that for about four days. At the end of the fourth day, cut off a third of it. Put it into a container, a crock. It can be glass, it can be plastic, or it can be clay. Stir it. Dissolve it with warm water, not hot, but about 110 degree water. No more than 110. Ideally about 105, 110. Stir it and dissolve it in there. And then add another cup of freshly ground whole wheat flour and set it out on the counter and let it sit. And within about 24 hours, it'll start to bubble and you have natural yeast and you have the basis for doing a sourdough. That comes from your natural environment. You don't have to rely on purchased store-bought yeast. You can do that almost anywhere. And the longer that you do that, the more that you are going to find that your, your yeast and your starter matures and gets better and better and more active. And you need to use your starter about every 10 days max. And if you don't use it, then you need to pour it off. You need to stir it every couple days. And then every 10 days or so, you need to use it or throw it, but always not throw the whole thing. Take off portions of it and add fresh wheat whole or fresh ground wheat flour in there to stimulate it. Okay. So that kind of gives you some, just, just kind of basic prep stuff I'm walking through. So you, those are my, so my grains, my rice, my beans. Protein. So protein, you need to find a local source for meat, and you should make that relationship now. And if you can contract with them, like I just did with somebody here, so that I'm guaranteed meat and eggs and milk for the whole next year. 
And that's a farm share process that I found, and it's fantastic. And that, for my area, if you're in my area, they're called Helios Farms. They're fantastic. It's also where I'm doing my butchering training because that's a skill that I realized I needed to get, not just for me, but for everybody else because if we're going to have a shortage of butchers, which we will, and people are going to need meat, then we need to be able to set up processing no matter where we go. Okay? And that's important. So those are skills again. And part of all this, you need to be looking at skills because gardening is a skill. Butchering is a skill. Woodworking is a skill. Working a ham radio is a skill. These are skills we need to get. Everybody needs to get as many skills as possible. Back to the sat phone because I saw the question come up. I use Iridium sat phones. I do not use Immersat. I use Iridium because the Defense Department uses Iridium. And Iridium is going to be the one network that will stay up. And it's, if you're looking at a sat phone, they're not cheap, but they are pretty good. Make sure you spend some time to know how to use them. I would also pay the extra to get a simple dial number, which you can get, and then use it and make sure you have a network to use it on because it's not like a regular phone and make sure you understand how the charges are because they're expensive to use. So it's mainly a selective network of people and you use it in case of emergency or in case of just keeping in touch. But the downside to sat phones, like any of these other things, I've seen a lot of people talking about, I think our Bivy stick, I think is the latest one. I have a Zolio, same principle. The problem with all of those is they take a monthly contract and they take an active cell phone. So all of these things take in a monthly contract. It's one of the reasons that ultimately, if you can get ham radio licensed, and I would take advantage of this time right now, get your license. I've talked about that. Then you can, you can start having a way of communicating that you can grow with. There's a community of ham radio operators once you get on the web it's not or on the net, it's not going to cost you anything. There's people that can help you learn. It's a great community. They're very supportive, and they're really geared towards disaster and in times of crisis. So good group to get hold of. So back to your proteins. So you've got your a place to get meat, hopefully, and eggs and milk if you can find it. Local, get raw milk if you can. It's healthier. And get in a contract arrangement or some arrangement that you know that it will, as long as you're able to, if you can pay in advance for a year or get a year farm share buy-in or whatever, do that so that you can have a guarantee source and get started on it now because as this thing starts to slide, everybody's going to be racing for it, okay? And so once you build the relationships, and relationships are key on everything, you're going to be able to work through stuff as people get to know you, trust you, it helps build the whole network. One of the things that everyone should be looking at is can you hunt? Can you fish? Those are two critical issues. You know, that whole parable, teach a man, give a man a fish, he can feed his family for a day. Teach a man to fish, he can feed his family for life. And when I'm looking at fishing and hunting, I don't go out and look at rifle first. I'm a fly fisherman. I like to fly fish. Um, so that's, and I mean, there's whole sections of the river up here. It's practical because there's whole sections up here that are dedicated only for fly fishing. We have, I'm a bow hunter by preference because I can maintain my bow. I can build my own arrows. I can fletch my own arrows. And if I had to, I could figure out how to make a bow. So my reasoning behind that is that in times of shortage, I'm not going to be dependent on ammo, loads, um, whatever else, right? 
uh, not having to worry about if something goes wrong with my rifle to maintain it. I'm not set up as an armor, and I'm not set up to reload. So that's just me. Other people are in different situations, and it's great. I would also make sure that you have, within all your preps, I would make sure that everybody has a go bag. And a go bag is not the idea of running to the mountains because the zombie apocalypse is coming, though it might, but that's okay if it does. We'll all be ready. Make sure you got a good axe for that one, by the way. I don't think there's going to be anything more satisfying than putting an axe to the zombie's head. But, um, and that is on a very serious subject. Do have an axe. Make sure you have a good axe because um, that's something that, again, like I have a, I have a couple chainsaws, but I also have hand saws and I have hand chisels and I have axes. All these things are important because they're hand tools. I look at the model that where we're going to, I'm trying to do as much in my preparation of positioning myself so that I can sustain both in skills that I have and in things to repair and build that I can do a high percentage of that without dependency on electricity or petroleum. Because if we can do those two things, I know that's really going back to basics, but it's kind of think Amish. And if you really know, if you know the difference, think Mendenite, not Amish. So Mendenites are... Uh, Amish with some technology. That's kind of the Mennonite culture. So if you can think that way and get as much as you can to function without the need for petroleum or the need of dependency on electricity, the better you're going to be. I would, like I said, make sure you can also you get some of these skills going like hunting or fishing. And if you don't hunt or fish regularly, this is a great time to do it. Gets you out anyway into the woods or into the fields or whatever. I would not be bringing on, someone asked me the other day about moving and where they should go and what they should get. And they, I had some money and their idea was that they were going to like suddenly move out and start a big farm on 80 acres. And my suggestion to them was that if you're going to move to 80 acres, fine, but don't plan on farming 80 acres. So for example, if you Manage what you can manage. This is the most important thing because what happens in a time like this is people start to panic and they start to think that, oh my goodness, I can't be ready. Or if they have the resources to do it, they're going to just try to do everything at once. And many of these skills need some time to nurture. It's better to take a few things and master them than it is to do many things and and fail at them. So we're back to, and I've mentioned this before, like this year my focus is besides hunting and fishing for meat processing to learn as much as I can in this year of meat processing. And that's giving me exposure through the, where I'm being trained on pretty much all livestock. But from my personal side, I'm focusing on pigs so that I can get great with swine. I can raise them by the end. I've already raised some in the past, but then I can raise them, have them going, understand the full process. Well, be able to raise a small, herd and I don't know if you call pigs a herd, but anyway, that's raising a small batch of pigs and then being able to take them from raising to full slaughter and butchering. So that's the process. So if I can get good at one, which I'll have down probably by the end of the year where I'm comfortable saying that. And then within the next year, being able to say I can do the same for cattle, maybe two years for cattle. Get as much experience as you can though. Because these are important skills that you're going to need. Get your anything you need for reference. Make sure it's in paper. 
Don't rely on digital books. So if you want to print stuff out, print it out. Don't have it. If you're going to keep stuff digitally, make sure you keep it on a stick separate. Store a backup copy on a stick. That leads me to something else. So like with your computers and your it, try to keep a hard drive of all your stuff on your computer a backup. If you can have an extra laptop or a phone, keep it. Put it in a Faraday bag. And so get, I think they call it Mission Darkness. It makes some really good Faraday bags. That's a good company. So get some Faraday bags and keep yourself a backup of at least your memory, your stuff that's on USB drive or on SSD drive so that you have it stored and your laptop can at least get in the habit like at night when you go to bed, disconnecting your laptop from the internet or at least shutting the internet down and keeping it away from that sort of surge. There is all sorts of scenarios that people can run out of here and you can run yourself to death on trying to think of how to prep for every scenario. Pretty much if you have a solid base at your home with sustenance to live on and the basics you need, which include things like toilet paper and vitamins, get stocked up. And I mentioned that, I mean, at the very beginning, obviously we do the ad, whatever products you choose, but do make sure you've got nutri- supplements like vitamin C, have plenty of vitamin C, have plenty of vitamin D, plenty of zinc, If you can get an electrolyte mix that you like, that's a good one to have. You can make your own electrolyte mix. And coffee, black coffee. It's good for your health. So there's some basics. If you can, that's one skill I'd recommend everybody do because you can store green coffee forever. It's easy to roast coffee. Learn how to roast coffee. If you don't know how to do it, just just do it in a cast iron pan over a gas stove. You can do it over a gas burner of any kind. It works best over gas or wood fire. So I'm just kind of going through some notes here. I mean, this is a lot of stuff I'm throwing out tonight, but I'm just, hopefully these ideas spark some people. Understanding, getting seeds is super important right now. Seeds are your future. Seeds are, so when you have an opportunity to get seeds, buy them, store them, get them in a seal, in a vacuum seal, store them. If you don't have a vacuum sealer, get one, good. Um, that's a good thing to have. I, I'm not going to make a recommendation on one because I'm, Mine is, I have a commercial one. They're expensive, but it's worked really well for me. Um, all of these things take time. I guess that's the biggest thing. And it isn't a point of, I know many people on this channel have been prepping and I, I'm really, it makes me really happy because I see this every night in chat and I see it in comments. My biggest concern for everybody is that we are not only prepared for ourselves, that we're prepared for others. And within that, within the community of Bards Nation, I have, I want to make sure that as much as you can connect with other people within this community that we've built, do so. And as much as we can help each other, we must commit to that. And that's just a statement I'm going to make, take it or leave it. But I'm, I feel very strongly about that because we've spent, we have a fellowship here that needs to be supported. So I, as much as you can find your localized Bards group, do so. And um, we'll try to continue to improve that ability to connect when Telegram has done a really good job. We're still working on some other areas. But that gives everybody a chance to work together and share ideas. And be involved in your communities. This is super important because we can't all carry the world. We would like to, 
I think I've been fairly blessed in my life to have a lot of exposure to a lot of things and a lot of skills. There are people that have a lot more skills than me and there's people that have a lot less. And I have a good immediate community around me as I would hope everybody has. If you live by yourself, do the best you can in prepping and try to make connections with your neighbors. That's the best I can do or get into your local church. But we're going to need to really come together and work together because things are going to change, at least in the short term, it's going to be pretty rough. And I'm not buying the idea that there's somehow going to be a miracle to get us out of this because there's too many things in play that are just falling apart. And if there is a miracle at the end and it's all saved and it's all better, it's like, okay, cool. You know, like I always say, if you've done prepping and you have all this stuff set aside and you don't need it, then guess what? There's all sorts of room to help people to do. But I just don't see that being that easy right now. I think there's going to be a real storm. I think we need to have a real storm because I think people need to start getting real about what's real in life. And that real in life is sure as heck is not the world they're living in. Let me read Ecclesiastes 3, the beginning anyway. I think it's, it's always a good perspective in all this. There is an appointed time for everything and there is a time for every matter under heaven. A time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to shun embracing, a time to search and a time to give a lost, give up a lost, give up as lost, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear apart and a time to sew together, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. So we're in a season right now of preparing, of planting and being prepared. And that's important to keep that perspective. One skill I didn't mention, I know we had this chat the other night. I saw a lot in the chat, which was really awesome which is sewing, make sure you have the equipment to sew, even if it's by hand sewing or if you have a sewing machine, super important. And if you can get some bolts of material and it's a good idea. Remember that the global supply chains are being fragmented. Everything's being reset to be realigned. And I, I will tell you, it's my personal irritation. And it truly is just one of these things that constantly gnaws at me. And I find it to be the most revealing part of who is in leadership in all aspects. I don't care who they are. I just don't hear anybody taking this time other than people like us. I don't hear any leadership in our nation taking the time to say, Hey America, we love you, but you need to start buckling down because we're heading into a storm. Nobody's giving this honest words because everybody's playing the damn game of politics and deception. And I hate you and you hate me. And I want the whole, I want control of these people and, and they're going to try to take control of this other people. And that's just nonsense. And this is really where the rubber hits the road and where I break completely from this whole political establishment and the government that calls itself the United States, I, de I denounce openly. Because it's the people that we have to worry about as a nation. So let me read Philippians 4, 6, 7. I think it's very appropriate. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be made 
known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I think that's the strength that we all have. So in the final kind of words here tonight, make sure you have a Bible in paper, not in digits. And make sure you have a few extras. I would, I'm working on building this up. I don't have it done yet because I'm trying to find, I've still been trying to find bulk Bibles that I like. I had one batch of Bibles. I was all excited about it. I bought them. I got the case in. I literally, they were so small in print. They were like eight point print. I just sent them back. I was like, there's no way anybody would ever be interested in reading the Bible when they have to use a magnifying glass to read it. So I'm looking still for a good value on Bibles that are good for introducing people to Scripture. I'll let you know as soon as I find one. And a lot of people have different preferences. I'm looking for something in particular. If you know some good stuff, share it. But I I think that as a, a neighbor packet, and I mentioned this the other night as part of part of this Operation Sowing Seeds, this is what I would recommend. I would have some sort of small pamphlet. Maybe we put together or you put together on how to garden. And I think we can probably throw something together to make that available for everybody. But I want to try to find, you'll have to print it out, right? So some basic gardening steps and each person may want to do their own. I would have a Bible and I would have a packet of seeds and I would have a number of those ready to help people out. There is another effort that I'm working on with some other folks right now where we're going to be getting a couple of cows and we're going to slaughter the beef and turn it all into jerky and we're going to dry it and we're going to start making high-protein food packets and tie that in probably with some dried fruit and I'm going to start keeping those packets in my Jeep when I go around so that if I see somebody that is kind of needing something, I've got this, I, my, my objective is to be able to provide maybe a couple gallons of gas to somebody and some basic food just to get them going. And, I, and that is kind of like a constant sowing seeds idea. Um, so I'm just giving these ideas for you to think about because I think there's a lot of opportunity for us to really build, take this time right now and prep for ourselves but be prepared to help others. And in that process of sowing seeds, we're really bringing Christ into this world and letting them meet Christ in an amazing way through us. And in doing that, I think that we will, we can be some of the, we can transform this time into one of the greatest times in human history. And I truly believe that. I really do. So let's pray. Father, we come before you tonight and thank you for everything. Jesus, we just thank you for walking with us and giving us that constant reminder of grace and to try to seek through a time like this to put our anxieties aside, to remember the words in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything be by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be made to you, God. And so we are letting our prayers be made to you, Father, that as we go into this time, this storm, that we continue to keep eyes to see and ears to hear, but we are very vigilant in not only taking care of setting portions aside for ourselves, but having portions set aside for others, that may we be in a place like Joseph to be able to 
fill our individual silos. And instead of having a few silos there, we have many, maybe thousands of silos in different forms that can help our neighbors and help one another. We know that food and energy are going to be the two issues that are the great leveler in our time. That as we get to the principles of this, the the nonsense of this fear around a fake pandemic will dissipate as people try to find just the principles of being able to eat. So, Father, in this time, as we look at a storm coming, we don't seek suffering for this nation. We seek grace and we seek mercy. But we equally just pray that as we enter into this, that we will be prepared as you will demand us and call us to be. And that we are prepared to sow our seeds, both physically and spiritually, and as we love our neighbors as we, sh- as we intend to be loved. So, Father, just guide us and protect us in this time. Hear our prayers. Direct us in the steps you want us to make. We pray for the provisions that we need to accomplish these tasks. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. We have a great opportunity. And this was kind of informal tonight, I realize, but sometimes I think we just kind of have to talk about some practical stuff. I know there's a ton of stuff I left out tonight, so um, this is not a intended to be like a one program, learn how to prep, get everything done. I just hope that there's been enough stuff brought up to make you think a little bit, evaluate what you need. There's a lot of moving parts in getting ready, in prepping for things. There's a lot of great resources on the web, amazing resources. A couple things else I would just add here real quick. Um, If you're familiar with intermittent fasting, skipping a meal basically or pushing a meal out, read up a little bit about it. It's a good idea to get used to. Not only is it extremely good for your health, but it gets you accustomed to living with a little bit less Make sure you have got a good water filter. Um, there is a really, I was looking at the one I have tonight, I mean the brand. Somebody asked me about that the other day and I didn't answer it. So I'm going to answer it here. Pro One, P-R-O-1 is the one. And I'm going to actually be offering those, I think, coming up on the new Bard store. So you'll be able to find them. But Pro One is a really good water filter. It's a single cartridge filter that will also take chlorine out of the or fluoride out of the water, which is excellent. And that's about it. So I'm sure there's a lot of other stuff that you'll think about and we all think about hopefully. Keep sharing the ideas. Keep getting your gardens going. Keep stocking stuff up. Don't let a day go by without a focus and purpose on why you're doing this. Every opportunity you have to learn something, add a skill, grab a book, add it to your library, do it. Uh, Even if you have a skill that you want to learn and you don't have time right now, get some books on it and set them aside. If there is an activity that you really think would be helpful for yourself, take, for example, snowshoeing, and you don't know how to snowshoe, but you want to snowshoe and you know that it would be helpful, especially if you were hunting, get a pair of snowshoes. So point of this is don't delay on stuff right now. If you have the opportunity to do it or acquire it, get it done. It's important. Um, if you've got health issues, make sure you've got, look at ways that you can stock up as much as you can on your meds. If, you, if you're in need of medication, as much as you can, start learning about how to get off of those medications. 
study herbalism, learn what the God, what God's bounty is. It can do for you. Talk to people that are smart in it. Find communities online. The one thing we have right now is this plethora of knowledge out here online. That's really quite stunning. And there's a lot of amazing knowledge that's out here. And the more that we can share and get it to each other, the stronger that we are. Best thing about all of this is just to remember that we are strong together. And that's why they work so hard at dividing us. So that's about it. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Seek your prayers of wisdom from the Father. He's there. He's providing everything that people need right now. And every one of us should be busier than we have time in the day at this point in time. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place for such a time as this. And that is a really big statement when you consider all that we're facing. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, keep your head up. I'll see you tomorrow evening for Fishers of Men. I'm going to be cutting up a pig and a cow tomorrow. (laughs) So I've got my day packed. So have a blessed evening. See you tomorrow evening or until then or until the next time. God bless. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to the level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it now. Fit.
sunsets down over the hill where the lost got found. Reaching through somehow, oh, you're an island when the world is too loud. When the seasons change, I know the space between us will stay the same. Resting on this faith, when your soul answers calls far away. Thank、you.